Hello, welcome to Second Scene Podcast. I am Michael. I am your host. I am an entrepreneur, proud pawn shop owner, investor, slowly improving improv artist. I'm an attempted stand-up comedian, newly added actor. And as always, I am very, very neurotic. But as I've said, I'm a TV host and your host right now for what we call the Second Scene Podcast. It is a Dweebs Global production where you can go for free resume help, mental health assistance, you name it, they can give you the help. It's completely free, completely confidential, no strings, nothing. It's literally, it's a nonprofit. It's there for you. So I am here today with Hiromi. Hiromi is first and foremost an artist. He has been a successful digital designer for over 22 years, having been the creative director for a number of top firms. He has recently switched directions and is now producing a podcast called Reach, where they dig deep to find what the mindset is behind success. Sound about right? It sounds it sounds cooler than what it really is. So thank you. <laughs> that is what we're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. I am a great salesman for everyone else. For myself, I just kind of ramble about what I do and then... And yeah then, yeah and then and then turn red and and, and. <laughs> that's right it's like like the carpenter's house is always falling apart <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah that's how i feel yeah <laughs> right on so i was looking at your website and um i really liked i really liked your website some beautiful work some beautiful art and there was one thing that caught my attention i want to read it to you and then uh get your interpretation of it so you said Painting was my first love, and I think it's affected how I approach creative challenges. Every problem is just another bucket of unopened paint. So can you expand on that, how you use that maybe in your everyday work? And Yeah, that's very perceptive of you. (laughs) Yeah, um, I guess, you know, um, it makes me think about all of us. I think all of us as kids, the way that we develop is by creating a solid foundation for us to like put our little emotional legs on, you know, and that foundation is usually usually built on a lot of assumptions and like forming boxes really about, you know, what something is, what the world is. When you talk to a kid, you're like, you know, what's your favorite color is a, is a good question, right? And they'll be like red or blue. If you or I asked each other that question, it'd be absurd. Because we'd be, <laughs> we'd be at, you know, like what my favorite color of food or do I, you know, you know, we don't always wear red or always eat red or, you know, um, as we grow, hopefully we're starting to diversify those assumptions and, you know, um, blur those lines, you know, to start to realize that not all country music is bad or, you know, right. <laughs> that like that while, kind of thing. But, but I've gotten <laughs> yeah, there. I've gotten while. there. I have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, some people have n- never have that opportunity to challenge those assumptions, but I think that that's really important. And I think that's what this podcast is all about, right? Second scene mm-hmm. is about realizing that there's a connection between maybe your first passion and your second passion or your third or your fourth passion. And for me, you know, when I started out as a young person, mm-hmm. I identified as like maybe an art kid or an artist. Now, I haven't I painted last week for the first time in 10 years. Like I don't, I don't really do any art anymore, but that's, that was so important to me as a young person. Um, And it gave me that identity, like something solid to grab onto, um, you know, but as I developed, I think I started to realize that there is a, a lot of connections between 
different applications of problem solving. I wish if I could go back in time that someone could have helped me realize that numbers can be a brush or that chemistry can be a canvas. You know, it's it's really all the same motivation and 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 drive with mm-hmm. just a slight tweak to the application. And so um, eventually I think I started to realize that, that it was about pattern recognition and seeing the key is really in seeing the similarities and not differences. Do you, have you noticed yeah. that in this podcast yourself, Michael, that you, well, I've, I mean, I've noticed that as I've gotten older, something just clicked with me when, when I was younger, I thought art was painting and that was it. Or art was drawing. And I was not an artist. Like the right. last thing, the last thing in the world I would call myself was an artist. And now, yeah. you know, in my forties, I'm kind of calling myself an artist. I still can't paint. I still can't draw, but there's so many other things. I mean, almost everything we do takes some artistry in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Truly at the core, it's like, it's about like, you know, trying to problem solve. You're thinking like, how can I get realistic skin tones? And then eventually you're like, well, how can I cook a delicious dish? Or how can I develop and nurture relationships? You're really flexing that same muscle. Right. But, you know. Right. Well, it's creativity. I, I mean, it's, it's, right. it's, it's so important. Um, I forget who it was I was listening to recently. Uh, I think it was, not that I want to bring up Kanye, but he was saying that everyone should just be taught engineering. And I'm like, well, th- you're losing the whole creative aspect of, of a child's mind when they're younger. You need to give them that flexibility and that plasticity to yes. uh, be able to flex that because that's what going to create interesting things and different things and, and not just make everything yeah yeah no it's it's true and i think some of those things they're kind of essential it's just a part of development that you maybe need to put those boxes on things when you're young because you need just like you need training wheels on a bike but i think it's important to start like losing those as you get older so i don't know like for me professionally um you know i started out and i was i was reading some of your linkedin profile michael but i feel feel like you know, like I got kind of started in um, construction when when I was a young young man, and then I remember one day I was like, I was up on some scaffolding in Minnesota, I think it was, or Wisconsin, mm-hmm. in the middle of winter. It was like January, February. Everything was frozen over, and I was I was on the like third story of like putting fascia on like a, a roof line. Mm-hmm. And the wind caught it and I slipped on the ice and the, like, I barely caught the, like the piece of fascia, <laughs> aluminum fascia and it slipped my hand. And I was like, screw this. I, I'm done with this. And I got down off the scaffolding and I went to Barnes and Noble and I got a book on, you know, HTML, I think it was, you know, and I started um, learning a little bit about technology. Okay. Um, but yeah, I got hired at an ad, ad agency in the dot-com boom basically with my art portfolio, my painting portfolio, and like a certification that I got from reading that book. <laughs> gotcha. You know, I have a similar background to an extent. I never, I yeah. never tried construction. I think my dad had me mow the lawn a couple of times and I was like, yeah, manual labor is not for me. But, um, <laughs> but I, I had self-taught myself like HTML and, and whatever else was around at that time, visual basic, or, you know, even regular basic. And, um, yeah, I found myself working for, uh, uh, iVillage, which is a women's news their uh, content network at the time, right at the dot com, right right before the dot com boom or bust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we probably have like some similar similar uh, experiences or parallel experiences there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's where I got my start in my professional stuff was 
was that way. But yeah, slowly you start to, I don't think I saw the connections at first, but as I keep going, I just keep seeing connections, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, totally got you. I couldn't yeah. believe on a side note, I couldn't believe how much I was making barely knowing anything and just kind of, <laughs> wasn't that <laughs> the were, truth? They were paying so well at that time in yeah. the dot coms. They had so much money. It was wild. I was like, I had no experience. <laughs> I know if Dark you were City, like well. under 30 and you knew how to use a mouse, you, it was like the older people with money were like, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> you know, build, build me a website or build me a this or that. And, and they would ask me questions in the meetings like, uh, yeah, do you think we should, uh, you know, use this technology or that technology? And I'd be like, uh, let me get back to you on that. I have to think about, that's a good question. Let me think about that. And I would go home and just like feverishly be searching. What were they, what the heck were they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I had, I had a meeting where I had to meet with a, a team of people that were working in cold fusion. And uh, I quickly read the dummies book the night before. So I was like, I need to have, and in the side, they had like cold fusion jokes. You could say, I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know it. <laughs> that's how you grow. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's true. Yeah. yeah when you're younger you can get away with those things i feel like right right now i'm <laughs> a little skeptical nice. of of young people <laughs> i <laughs> right. know what you're up to <laughs> i want to ask you more about because i you were in digital design for a long time and yeah i own a small business and i know a lot of my listeners own small businesses so i kind of wanted to ask you some questions about digital design and what you what you thought yeah. of it uh, what what do you think is more important sometimes as far as website design or iphone or uh, mobile design is design of the functionality like which one comes first or which one should be focused on harder when you're when you're first starting yeah that's a great question um there the, i suppose there's a few ways we could we could um approach that there are different personalities you naturally gen generally you're naturally you naturally gravitate gravitate towards uh either an engineering you know approach or a design approach or or implement you know um practice i should say and like for me it was it was design mm -hmm. um those that focus that that are drawn to the engineering side are usually more concerned with requirements and functionality and efficiency and these sorts of things and those that are drawn to design are usually more focused on you know the human uh side of that that interaction um and i really don't think that one is more important than the other i think over the last over the last 20 years I've had a lot of moments where I just wanted to strangle the engineers, you know, <laughs> where I just, I was so frustrated. Like, why can't you see this is important that people understand how to use this thing. But the, but the reality is, is that their uh, motivations and their uh, priorities are equally important. And it's so important that we acknowledge that and, and we listen to them um, because they're, they're making it work without them you know, we just have pretty pictures, as they say. <laughs> right. I mean, I was an engineer and I know, uh, I know how stubborn I could be sometimes when, uh, <laughs> Were you? oh yeah. Uh, yeah. designers would give me, you know, the, the material and, you know, turn this into whatever it's going to be. And, you know, I'd put my foot down saying no, and I'd be wrong. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and now, now I have a point of sale software that I use and I talk to the engineers over there all the time. And when they don't want to implement what I want them to implement, I, I'm on the other side of it going good. <laughs> yes. I do uh, a lot of in-house 
I don't do the design. I have people that work for me to do the design. And sometimes I'm really picky about how pretty it is or how pretty it is to, to me. Um, mm -hmm. But it does get the point across or get across what I want it to. I guess how important is how pretty it is sometimes? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that it it really depends on the motivation or the purpose of whatever it is that's being designed. I think um, art, you know, designers will the the problem with designers and engineers is that we're often fixating on our own motivations and not those of those our audience our target audience which could be said of, of us as podcasters or us as you know whatever but um when we think about our own motivation as designers we're often thinking i want to make the prettiest uh piece you know the piece design i want to make this the most beautiful thing that i can put in my portfolio and the reality is that uh certainly if the if the purpose if the attended audience is is our designers that we're trying to get their visual attention for uh, a product or service then then yeah we we need to make this look good but in a lot of cases most normal people we have to admit don't care about kerning or you know font choices or even colors they they do they are affected by them they may not realize that something's hard to read or that there's no visual priority or hierarchy um that something's misaligned and it's causing them anxiety Th that does play a, a subconscious role but it's not the primary role and sometimes we have to to realize that maybe the priority for them is making something easy to use, which in many cases could mean like, let's say in the case of a web app mm -hmm. that it needs to load fast, you know? So if we're using big, beautiful graphics that take along or videos that require a load time and it's impacting the performance of the, of the application, that's going to actually detract from their experience. And so we have to set aside those personal motivations, empathize with them and then make decisions accordingly. Does that kind of answer your question or do, does, you, do you agree it, it, with that? It, it does. It does. It does. I guess I'm also wondering if I chose Times Roman and Comic Sans <laughs> yeah, and I wonder if right. I ran the same ad, but used, you know, one, one used Papyrus. I, want, I wonder if one ad would run that much better, would do that much better than the other ad. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. A-B <laughs> test it, right? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> totally. Because to me, it matters tons. To me, I see it and like, I, you know, I like want to throw up sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't know that other people, I've shown the same design to other people and they're like, oh no, it looks great. looks fine. You know? Yes. I've seen some horrible designs that have uh, performed quite well. You, you look back to something like Craigslist. I mean, it was the anti-design, right? And it, it became a very popular platform. Why? Not because it was beautiful, but because it filled a need that was that was there. And could it have filled that need if it was full of, of graphic heavy UI elements in the you know early 2000s or, or early aughts? You know, maybe not, right? Maybe people would have been frustrated with that experience. So you know, Google too got out of the way. And it was more about functionality. So understanding that um, and empathizing with your users is really important, I think. Got you. Google still was made it pretty important what font they use for the word Google. So they, that, they still kept it looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I want to get into your second scene a bit. So producing a podcast, what what brought you over? What what brought your interest into podcasting? Yeah, well, you know, I think I eventually um, 
I, I do volunteer work and in, in, uh, in teaching in various communities. And anyway, that led to really product development of speaking as well. It's, you know, it's about really empathizing with what are your, what's your target audience lives like, what are their motivations? How can I assist? And um, so I, when I was working in UX uh, in, in product design, um, I started to a podcast about that um, really just kind of like another, another thing where I was just kind of like, how can I figure this out? How can we, how can we accomplish this or pull this off? I really liked radio lab. I really liked, you know, planet money, all the, all the big ones, American, this American life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do they do that? How do they tell good stories? Um, so started a UX podcast and eventually, um, my current company reached out and said, you know, we want to, uh, extend our media production arm. Uh, would you, would you be interested in, in helping us build that? And so, um, realized, you know, now it's, it's about how, how can I draw meaningful, engaging stories from people that maybe don't want to be vulnerable? That's you know, that's my, my task, uh, or my problem to solve. Is that something that you ever struggle with? We're just digging out of, you know, reaching in and digging out what you want to get out of somebody, you know, not, right. not what I want them to say, because I want them to say whatever, whatever's on the, you know, whatever's on their mind and their creative, their creative words, but, but getting, digging in and figuring out what it is that'll get them to speak can definitely be the challenge sometimes. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head that, I mean, uh, design, teaching, speaking, it's, it's really all about that. People don't want to be told the answer. They want to be led to the precipice so they can discover the discover the answer on their own. And um, I feel like that's what we're trying to do with good storytelling is not list a bullet. It's not a bulleted list of requirements or talking points. Mm-hmm. It's about creating a narrative that takes someone on a journey. And then they, at the end of the journey are like inspired to apply it to their own situation. Right. And so right. That's what we've been trying to do, um, interviewing people that have achieved kind of cool things, um, you know, got to interview. Do you remember the movie um, uh, Cool Runnings? Do you ever see yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. So the original bobsled driver the, from like the actual one. Oh, really? Uh, from the real, because it was a true story. A yeah. True story. So, you know, I pulled his story out and got to work with him on, on, on a story, but stories like that of people that have achieved kind of notable things, trying to tell that in a way that we can apply it to business. That's kind of what we were trying to do. Got you. How did you tie that to business, his story in particular? Well, his um, focus as we were talking to him was um, he was very keen on the concept of visualization and for him that was something in bobsleigh you can't really see very well you're stuck in this little thing and being shot down an ice shoot at you know like can't remember what it was like 70 miles an hour or whatever it's certain speed (laughs) i've got the number wrong but anyway there's you know shooting down an ice you can't see very well so they have to memorize the turns to know how to steer and it's all about visualizing so we talked to psychologists and um uh you know folks that that could explain for us how the how it 
how the mind visualizes things that aren't actually there and how that can assist in your actual execution of the thing. So uh, let's say I, 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 you guys uh, here at Dweebs Global and Second City, you do some mentoring, right? Correct. Is that what I understand? Correct. So even being able to visualize yourself in the future as doing a successful thing is helpful in your motivation towards executing on that goal um, is what some of those professionals told us um, in that, in that series of episodes, but it was a fascinating story, you know, yeah. to provide that. No, discussion. Super fascinating. Yeah. I want to, I'm going to have to check that one out. Yeah. Um, but visualizing is such a key that you hear so many successful people talk about you hear them talk about meditation and then visualizing i think they kind of go hand in hand in a lot of ways right well that's really what we're doing in design as well i mean in a very literal way like a, a corporation will come to you and say we want to accomplish x maybe that's a sales goal maybe that's a uh, engagement maybe that's uh just trying to become more efficient with their uh, production processes. And you're going to take those business requirements and start to visualize them into something executable. And that executable thing, it will help the stakeholders, the company to start to say like, yeah, I think that could work, but this doesn't work. They can't really explain to you what the solution will be because they may not have the input of the engineers as well to your point like they may not know what's actually possible so helping to visualize for them what will solve their business goal and help the engineers visualize what they need to do to accomplish those business goals you're kind of that middleman and that's really all it is is visualization in a way right right so what's your goal what is the goal with the podcast where do you where do you see it going or what do you see it evolving into? Yeah. Well, I mean, we are, we have been doing it for about a year now and a little under a year. Our goal was to do it for about a year. And I think we're going to keep doing it. Um, we wanted to learn about the process because we're um, offering it to some of our clients, our, our corporate clients as a, a content development strategy, uh, content marketing, a part of their content content marketing arsenal. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've learned a lot about, you know, how to make it, how to make the process more efficient, um, what things to anticipate. Like, I'm sure, you know, you can empathize, Michael, there have been so many times where you are doing a show and like, oh, I didn't put a redundancy in place. So I lost that entire interview and this person was really hard to get, you know, and now I have to start all over or beg them to come back or the audio was garbage or I wasn't using headphones and there's, you know, like there's reverb or there's, you know, feedback. Um, so, so many technical issues, ways to approach different stories, different personalities, people that, uh, you know, may not be natural storytellers. How can we get a good story out of them too? How can we uh, use this as a networking opportunity? And how can we um, provide our con uh, collaborators uh, and contributors with the easiest experience possible to promote the show, things like that? I, I wanted to sign up to be your guest today because I wanted to learn from you. And I and I already have. I love that you have 
like you have a form that you send out in advance and you've put some thought into the experience of of a guest and i think all that stuff is stuff that that i want to learn from so right. uh, well you're gonna get some more emails from us so you can copy those we okay, have, <laughs> okay we live emails we have by the way you've been a great guest you've asked me more questions than most guests <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah force a habit huh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like to be, uh, <laughs> I like to be the center of attention. So it's good. When yeah. It comes yeah. Back. Yeah. It comes back over to me. <laughs> My last guest, uh, well, the episode that was live, his name was Chris Doe. He's a, he's a kind of a, a social marketing influencer. And he told me, he said like, um, people, if you want to be, he was quoting someone else, but he said, if you want to be interesting, be interested. So people don't, people are rarely walk away from a com conversation where someone has all the answers and say, that guy was so awesome. If you shine the light back on them, they'll like you more. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, that's a good insight. Well, it's like that in life. I mean, you go to a party, the more questions, if you talk less about yourself, even though like gut instincts often is to say like the best things about yourself to somebody, if you just ask them questions, right, makes you look more intelligent makes you look friendlier makes you look yeah right people everything just want to talk about themselves right? <laughs> yeah. everything you're trying to get across by talking about yourself you get across much better just by asking questions <laughs> yes yes you sound like a great great person to have at a party yeah. What, yeah. what are you doing this weekend can you want to come to a party <laughs> it depends as the wine goes down i start by asking a lot of questions and then it slowly just becomes more about me oh, so okay. it's, I'm, I'm great at the beginning of the party and then it's oh okay <laughs> all right yeah yeah <laughs> then um, i just start rambling about whatever i want to ramble about <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we've all been there i'm sure <laughs> well yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show uh i i have Absolutely. i have definitely enjoyed this uh yeah, Hiromi, thank you your website sorry i don't have them in front of me sure if you're interested in learning about uh reach go to reachabm.com. uh that's that's the important one that's really uh the the ones that's going on you can google Hiromi matsumoto and learn more about me if you're interested but i'm not that interesting <laughs> <laughs> you got a beautiful you have a beautiful website uh beautiful beautiful wife the dog's not as pretty as her that's what yeah you said that in there that was uh, yes thank you <laughs> appreciate that yeah well great yeah, well thank you we will post links to the podcast and links to your website below or wherever they go on the social media platform that this is posted on which is a whole bunch of different ones awesome thanks so much michael thank you for having me and teaching me a lot today yeah, thank you. I'm glad you learned something. Yeah. <laughs> Probably learn more what not to do and then a little bit of what to do. But <laughs> no way, no way. <laughs> Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks again. Everyone out there, this has been a second scene podcast. Again, it's a Dweebs Global production. We do this for Dweebs Global. They get free mentorship help, anything from resume writing, mental health, and whatever's in between. They have mentors around the world, any language, completely free, completely confidential. Dweebsglobal.org. And we'll see y'all next week.